welcome to the St. Pete Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Renew, a local real estate professional in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I help people fall in love with the Sunshine City every day. In these episodes, I sit down with local business owners and get to tell their stories. So we peel back the curtain and let you discover what makes St. Pete so special. So come along with me and let the Sunshine City warm your soul. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the St. Pete Soul Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm excited to have the two fabulous owners of Churned Ice Cream, Ray and Alyssa. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. And I mentioned this when we got started, but that picture behind you is so cool. So I just, I love the fact that it's like, that's the backdrop. If you've got your, your a, lot of, got a lot of those pictures, a lot of those pictures. <laughs> she yeah. is our soul. She is our everything. So it's oh, kind of like a child. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, yeah. So start off and just tell everybody a little bit about yourselves. Um, just so we can have some backstory. Well, long story short, uh, we have been together uh, 22 20, years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you say it. Like Congrats. Thank, Thank you. you. We met in Australia in 2000. I was studying abroad and Ray was working as a chef up the coast. And basically the rest is history. And he moved to Minnesota for several years after, of course, getting him into the country. Several years. Like <laughs> 10 years of which five of those were winter, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> out of all the people he could have met of course he met someone from minnesota poor poor guy but we quickly (laughs) recognized that and we um kind of created a new plan and we didn't want to work in our corporate jobs anymore so we packed up everything sold our house um sold everything within it and that's when we ended up taking the journey and this girl diva uh the bus and we went gosh in 2011, yes, <laughs> we went a long way. Yeah. So we basically traveled the world. We went three continents in the bus. Um, we came back and then decided we wanted something else. Well, wow, that's consolidating 22 years into a very short <laughs> amount of time. We could do a pretty good job at that. <laughs> we could go on and on, but basically we were running resorts around the world um, before we came back to Minnesota. And then hopped back in the diva, the bus, and then traveled down to Florida. And we've been here for just over a year. Wow. So I can't, I cannot like glaze past the fact that you said you went to three continents. Is that that right? Yeah. So th- we didn't really know the plan when we hit the road. We just knew that we needed to travel and we didn't know how far for how long. It ended up actually being um, about a decade we were gone because um, travel led into work so we initially hit the road we we're heading from Minnesota to California but not really knowing how we we're going to get there and after a few hiccups and I mean two new engines uh, we finally made it to California <laughs> and, then we, and then we threw the uh, the bus onto a cargo ship and she made her way over to England Wow. So after all that, it was about um, almost two months of clearance and getting all the paperwork in England ready. And then we, as soon as we got her, we got her on the road and we headed down um, through Europe and then spent about almost two years living in Europe in the bus and working around Europe before we actually left her in England and got a job in Tanzania. So she had a little bit of a break while we were in Tanzania. Wow. Okay. But I guess the 
and the bus has always been kind of our transition. So it always kind of leads us to our next adventure, whether we know it or not. And I think that's just what's been so yeah. surprising yeah. and kind of exciting. So it's it's always been a part of the experience, a part of the journey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what um so what types of jobs were you doing? You said resorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been a chef all my life. So I started my chef career at the age of 15. Um, I actually went to culinary school at 15 and started working in a hotel at the same time. Uh, and that's a long time ago. So yeah, I've been a chef uh, in eight different countries now and I've worked countless jobs. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> and then it just kind of meshed well because I've, I was always working um in hospitality uh and i had previously before we went across seas i was working for a travel company and kind of knew my way around resorts i would have to do site inspections so i I had an idea of what obviously customers clients wanted and so we had our first job in kenya i was the resort manager and ray was the executive chef and that's just kind of what we ended up doing around the world we worked in tanzania kenya um spain and myanmar doing and having that role. Very, very cool. So like the the word cultured comes to mind. I mean, that's just like, you can't get any more cultured than what y'all are doing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard enough to be accountable and responsible for employees when you're, you know, in your own country with your own culture, but then having to come into a completely new environment with a, a new culture and a different set of, well, rules altogether. We had to kind of quickly figure that out first before we even went to you you have to learn a whole new set of management skills so whatever you've learned say for example as a chef in 15 16 years before I hit you know the the culture circuit the Kenya Tanzania areas you have to regroup and know that you can't treat a completely different culture the way you would be treating employees in your own environment because you know it just doesn't carry across so you first of all have to learn how they react to training and discipline and compliments. And then only then can you start working to help them learn, you know, the way you want them to learn. So it's a whole different way of learning for me. It took me by surprise, but it was very, very good for me to find out how to, you know, redo my management style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and then you've got, you can just carry those skills with you for the rest of your life. I mean, any, anyone that you meet that ends up working with you or new relationships, you can, you know, how to, you know, those people skills, you know, they carry over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You learn how to read the situation very carefully. Um, and, and I think that's how you kind of gain the respect of, with the people around you. And it was just every place we went to, we thought it can't get harder than this. Like <laughs> this is this is crazy hard. No way. We, I mean, anything is going to be easier than this. And then every resort we, I mean, Burma was probably, the most complicated because we helped build this luxury resort on an island, you know, from ground up, like literally putting tape on the sand as to where these um, beautiful villas were going to go and hiring the staff and teaching them what it is to maintain a personal space just with mm. guests, like starting from scratch. And so I think everything kind of probably led to this moment. In Burma, that was interesting because um, in Kenya, it was a fully fledged lodge all the staff had already been working there for a long time. So they knew what hospitality was. Whereas in Burma, we had a handful of trained hospitality staff, all Burmese, 
but then the rest of the staff, for example, the groundskeepers and um, the drivers, the boatmen, they're all locals, either from local villages or fishing islands or from the coast of Myanmar, and they've never worked in hospitality. So you also had to not only train them the job that they needed to do, but how to react to foreigners when they see them, you know, mm. what, what to do and what not to do. So that was also another area that we never really thought about until we had to do it. Wow. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, I feel like we could just spend hours and hours talking about <laughs> all of your experiences in different countries. So, <laughs> um, so okay. So then, all of that. How do you get down to the Tampa Bay area? <laughs> well, <laughs> I get. I, I tell this story a lot at Corey Avenue because Corey Avenue, where we are every single Sunday, um, is kind of what is the singular most important piece of the story. But as I was telling you before, when we were driving, this is the picture of when we were driving the bus from Minnesota to Florida. And we literally were doing it in a way where we would stop places and say, is this home? Is this home? Does this feel like home? And if it got any colder than 40 degrees yeah. in the winter, we're like, this is not home. We had, we had a rough idea that yeah. we wanted to start an ice cream business. We didn't know how in what format. And we also knew that wherever we went and traveled to during that uh, three month journey, we had to think about starting a business and was that area right for us? And we looked from everywhere from, you know, Maryland to North Carolina to Virginia, everywhere on the way that we went. And then we got down to Gulf Boulevard up by Clearwater and we were driving the bus all the way down and we happened to come across Corey Avenue. And so we just decided to stop and we walked through the market. And again, like Ray said, we already had these visions of starting an ice cream business and knowing that it would probably start in markets. And, and um, we just kind of thought this is where we want to be. I mean, I think it just all clicked. And here we are almost seven months or so uh, later. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our first market at Corey was on um, the end, end of, of April. Main. April, sorry. Yeah, end of April last year. Feels and a lot longer. It really does. <laughs> but it, yeah. it just those things where we, you know, you just I think you know when you know. And for us to finally be able to pick where we wanted to be, it wasn't work that took us there. You know, it was somewhere that we felt most at home, most connected. Um, supported by other locals and other local businesses. We had no idea that St. Petersburg was as supportive with local no. businesses as it is. And it's just yeah. been a blessing to be like landed in this community, you know, with all of the local businesses that, you know, and also the people that help the local businesses by running stuff like um, Localtopia and Shopapalooza and Keepsake Pink Local, that type of thing, you know, is just a benefit for us. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's why I started the podcast, just celebrating small business here because it's it's very unique and I, it makes St. Pete so special. And I think like what to your point of like when you got here, you just felt like it was home. You just have that. You just you know when you know and it just St. Pete's so special in that way because that's how you know, that's how my husband and I feel about St. Pete. So, yeah, and the inside is so cool, just like little quirky ness. Yeah. And I feel like, like bringing in the charm of like what what year was it did you say six one okay yes you're bringing in the charm of like the 70s with it it's very cool yeah <laughs> i'm just actually kicking myself that i didn't even think about using the van until it was after the fact <laughs> i mean that's the way it was just our home you know i was like oh we can't use that it's our home and then all of a sudden, <laughs> i can't afford an ice cream van i need to use this one 
<laughs> well, it's a much cooler ice cream band. That yeah. is for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. No. And it it uh, just kind of worked its way into it as she always seems to do. And just another yeah. part of the journey. So, so, you know, how have you seen, we've already, we've talked about this some, but like, how have you seen your business grow? Like, you know, anything else besides you mentioned the retail stores, which is so cool, you know, maybe like brand awareness and visibility, like how have you seen that grow in the last, like almost, almost year? I think the biggest growth for me personally, and it's not necessarily about getting the product out, it's more of how we make the product and how we can make that efficiently at home or in the commercial kitchen and store it in our freezers. Because now we have four freezers for storage. That's, you know, that's how much we're making. So doing it, that slow process that we talked about had to be very efficient. So learning that new process for me is how we've evolved and being able to produce as much as we do. And then as far as getting it out there, that's mostly Alyssa. So she does all of the marketing. I don't even have an Instagram account. So she <laughs> does all that brand awareness. I think it's about adapting, evolving, figuring out what's working. And if it's not, try something new. And we recently just brought out when it was kind of over that little cool time um, in January and, and beginning of February, you know, we were constantly feeling like we're having to defend that it was still okay to eat ice cream, even if it was, you know, 60 degrees. So yeah. we something new to kind of, and it worked. It was, we called it a popsicle and it, we, we used our popsicle molds, molds, but we put our custard or vanilla custard in the mold. So we basically made, you know, vanilla, you know, ice cream sticks. And then we dipped it in milk chocolate. And just the fact that it was something that they could walk around with, I don't know, it just made them feel differently about yeah. an actual ice cream. So that took off. And now it's a part of our our, our menu. Well, in the beginning, you know, all we did was ice cream. And all of a sudden, we realized how many dogs there were. So we started doing the puppy ice cream, and that became a hit. Then it became too hot for ice cream, so we started doing popsicles, which are all fruit based. <laughs> yeah. Then it became too cold for ice cream, so we, so we popsicles. turned the popsicles. So evolution is just natural as far as this processing is going right now. Yeah. Well, like you said, adapting. You know, just trying to like yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it's and it's also sometimes overwhelming in the best way possible of how much is going on at all time in St. Pete. As you know, you know, there's always something to be a part of. There's always something to do. And so some just trying to weed out what we think is going to be the best fit for our ice cream, the best event, you know, that's, that's been hard. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've picked not so great things and then we picked some incredible successful events. So I think it's just also figuring out what works for us, but we have, you just have to try everything first. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's your favorite thing about having this business? That it's ours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. Especially after you've worked for other people for yes. so long. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you've got no one else to blame but yourself if you fail, you know, and you're you're accountable for everything you do. So it's just us two. So it's not just making the ice cream. It's all of the ordering, all of the shopping, all of the arranging of the markets, all of the accounting. So, you know, it's a lot of pressure, but it's still yours and it's your pressure to take. So I think, yeah, working for ourselves, even though it can be a bit stressful sometimes, it it's different than being stressed because of someone else's pressure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I think that's what most people I hear say about like, 
the why behind they started a business or like the exciting part about it is that it is yours and you can do, do whatever you want with it. But, and that also means that, you know, it's limitless. It's, it's whatever you dream it to be. Yeah. Right. And you could also change stuff. If something's not working, then it's up to you to recognize that and then change it accordingly. So sometimes when you work for other people that don't have that vision or the nerves to change something, that's why the business fails. So we're able to change stuff when we see it failing quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's good. What, so what would you say like your, your why, like, you know, kind of that, that deep passion that, that gets you up every day to, to keep working on this business? I think just the amount of growth that we've seen since we started and the recognition and the praise and uh, the fact that I need to make another 50 flavors and I can't get them out <laughs> enough. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not even a question. It's just, we're excited to do it. We're excited to, you know, do all the pre-work in the kitchen and then the exciting part, same as when you work a restaurant, you work in the kitchen, the exciting part is getting that food finally on the plate for a customer to enjoy. So that's the, that's the fun part is getting it all packaged, getting it all labeled, and then watching someone actually enjoy your product in front of you and say it's good too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, just being a part of something, you know, it's especially at the markets or other events that we do, it's just basically we're we're just next to our coworkers in a way, you know, so everyone's kind of going through basically the same struggles or, you know, the, the best moments and we get to share it all. Um, one of my girlfriends yesterday, we were at Madeira market and she got her small business loan, you know, and so being able to celebrate that and know that that was going to take her further and all being there together. I mean, I think I've always loved to be a part of something good. And I think, being here and being a local business person in St. Pete, you can't not be a part of something good. So it's been pretty special. That's cool. Yeah. We, we, I know we talked about that earlier, just the small business community here is really special. So, yeah. Um, so what would, what would you each say is your, your absolute favorite flavor? Like if you're going to have some ice cream, what are your, each of your flavors, your go-to's? Well, mine is, and this is, this is the truth. Mine is, is our vanilla bean. Like I absolutely love it. And I think if you can't make a good vanilla, you know, which is the base of everything, you know, of all the other flavors, but it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely my favorite. Uh, I don't think I've tasted my favorite yet. <laughs> oh so far, so far, it will still be the lemon cheesecake, but I'm really looking for some rhubarb somewhere. I want to do a rhubarb yeah. crumble if custard ice cream. where to find rhubarb. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that just gives you, you the excuse to just keep, keep trying. So you can just yeah. keep, eventually you'll find that favorite flavor. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, well, I feel... I meant to ask this earlier when like we were talking about kind of getting the business started. How did you come up with like the logo and design? The logo's changed. So the original logo is this. We wanted something that was simplistic and we're not allowed to do cones. So it had to be scoops oh. of ice cream. We wanted it to be whimsical and kind of cartoony, you know, so it appeals to everyone, children especially. But that changed because then we got the van involved. So then it turned into that. Which is yep. the van and the logo with the same writing, and then the ice cream freezer. So yep. that's the new logo. I'm sure it'll yep. stay the Again, same. It, yeah. just it might change. Evolves. Who knows? 
So, so why can't you do cones? I don't think I realize that. Um, theoretically, it falls under a different um, department of ag. Like we fall under the department of agriculture, whereas if you start scooping, you're under the department of restaurants. And because you're actually touching a product that could touch a product, you have to have a hand washing station with sanitizing solution. You have to have a three compartment sink to be able to wash the the utensils. And we didn't want to retrofit the van. And it's kind of nice, like, especially when you're really busy, just to reach in the freezer, pick up a cup and hand it over. That way yeah. that you know, So all the hard work is done before we get yeah. there, you know, which is kind of nice. So like for a local topia, I mean, which was just insane. I mean, we're just basically throwing out the cups. So at first, I think we were devastated that we weren't allowed to scoop or do cones, but it's actually been a really good mm. thing especially for retail yeah for retail you can't do cones so this is you know we'd have to if even if we did cones we still have to go this route for retail just to get the ice cream out there anyway so it's kind of good that we are forced to do packaged gotcha okay yeah that makes sense yeah i mean i can see how that would way simplify the process for you you're just you can just hand it to a customer and they can start enjoying it so what's a what are some kind of long-term goals and dreams that you might have for the business? I know it's, you know, you're kind of in earlier stages, but. I mean, I think for us is to continue to grow the brand, but get more effective on ways of our packaging. I think personally for me, I'd like to have my own commercial kitchen space. At the moment we lease a space, which is shared, which is great, but. I'd like, you know, if we keep evolving the way we're going right now, we're going to need a lot more room. So eventually, I think if we can move our operations into one single kitchen, that would speed up our processing. We can produce a lot more. We can probably hire people. So eventually down the road, I'd like to be able to employ staff, train people and make more products and get it out there to more places. So yeah. hopefully further down the road, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. And so like in the what you talked about with the process, the particular machine, you can only make so much at one time. So if you're if you're growing, that means you've got to hire more people to handle more of those machines, like individually. Right. Yeah, or just the stickers, because you know we print our own stickers, so we get someone to do that, and then stick them on the cups. We do that ourselves, and yeah. you know all, all of the ordering, I could probably outsource that, and picking up groceries, even like the simplest of things, it still takes a long time to go. <laughs> To Lago for Restaurant Depot and Sam's Club over here and you know so and so there you know in between making all the products. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't really think about that. There's a lot, and that's what always happens. Like when you're the business owner, it's just all these little things that you kind of don't think about at first, and then other people, of course, on the outside, they have no idea that you're doing all of that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's truly yeah. a labor of love. You know. Yeah. We hope we make it look very simple when we're at these events, but really, <laughs> well, when, when we're at the event, then the work's done. Right. That's the easy part. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're just having fun passing out ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, tell me, and you kind of talked about this a little bit, but what's like that typical day look like for you? Oh, um, you can tell you about today. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You get up at 6.30, you have a cup of coffee, uh, and then I, so at that point, I either have to do one of two things. I've either got my beakers already frozen, like I mentioned, it has to freeze for 24 hours. Once they're frozen, then I can start the process of churning. So I'll put them on the machines in the kitchen, and then Alyssa will be at home doing the labeling. So 
once once that all comes together, she can bring the cups to me at the kitchen, and then we can start scooping out of those beakers into the cups and then back into the freezer. So it all depends on what day it is. Like for example, um, tomorrow we're dipping all of the the popsy creams. So that's because we're dipping them one by one by hand. It's a case of dip and then I hand it to Alyssa she holds it until it sets a little bit then we lay it down on an ice block and then we put it in the freezer to set more and then we take it out and then we stick it in little bags with little labels that we print so that's tomorrow it's 106 no, 120 of those tomorrow so that's tomorrow's big job but oh my yeah, goodness each day's different I think you know for me it's all we have to be so forward thinking on the process because it, the beakers have to be frozen solid before you're able to. And we also have to make sure that we have enough custard to be able to then freeze. And so you're just always working backwards and always working mm. forwards. And, um, you know, we, we realize that if we're at an event and it ends at six, and if we ran out of ice cream at three, that's, that's not a celebration for us. That means that we weren't organized enough to have everything you know, that we need. Yeah. Um, and now that we have, you know, three elements, the ice cream, the popsicle creams and the popsicles, you know, that's, that's just, it's just, it's yeah. a game changer. And the custard takes a long time too. So the custard is completely from scratch. And when we say custard, some people understand what it is and some people do not. And it's just a classic way of making a rich, thick ice cream. And it's only five ingredients and it's egg yolks, sugar, milk, vanilla. I'm missing one. Egg yolk, sugar, milk, vanilla, cream. So you you have to boil it and then cook it until the edge of it's splitting. So what I mean by splitting is the eggs will curdle at 84 degrees Celsius. So you're cooking this, and I make 16 liters at a time, which is a lot. So it's almost two kilos of egg yolks. So you're cooking it and cooking it and temping it. And as soon as that reaches 82 degrees, you've got to get it off into an ice bath so it doesn't keep cooking. Mm-hmm. And then only from there, you can start making your flavors or your packaging into the beakers. So that's also another lengthy process. So it's step by step by step, shop, cook, freeze, churn, package, sell. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, everybody listening, if you get their product, just you got to feel that love behind it because it, it took a lot to get there. <laughs> yes, there is a lot of love that goes into it. That's for sure. Well, uh, this, I mean, this has been a fantastic conversation. I mean, you two are, are great and the passion's definitely just coming through for sure. Um, you know, I always like to finish by kind of asking some rapid fire questions about the area, some of your favorite things. So there are no wrong answers here. So whenever you like to go out for a night out, you know, have some fun, what's kind of, what are your go-to spots? Golf parts, golf ball. Okay. Any particular places there that you well, oh, we tend to find ourselves at the bar at Pomatis. Pomatis is really great live music. And then if we're really feeling fancy, then Piers. Okay. Awesome. Good spots. Uh, all right. What's your favorite pizza in town? We just found one. Yes, we right just found house. it. It's called Gianni's New York Pizza. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We didn't know it. It's like five minutes away. No idea. <laughs> and I had posted something about it. Like, this is the best pizza. And everyone's just like, yeah. What took you so long? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's funny when I ask that question, because it's like, everyone's got a different answer. It's like a hot debated topic. <laughs> what style you like too, though. You like deep dish. You like New York style. You like, you know, Ohioan. I mean, it depends what you like. Ohioan. Ohioan. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So what do you like to do when you get that precious day off where you're not having to slave away at that ice cream? Yeah, I don't, don't know, know this word. <laughs> <laughs> if you could take a day off, what would that look like? We like riding our bikes. We, I yeah. love riding my bike. We have this great little route that we do down 30th all the way down to Coffee Pot and then down Coffee Pot so it reaches the pier. Um, and then we take a big loop on the, the Pinellas, Pinellas trail. trail all the way back. And that is like my ideal afternoon. If we can do that, that is, it's, I love it. I love riding my bike here. Yeah, it's a very, I think it's a bike friendly town for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, so this has been a great conversation. Is there any, any other, anything else that you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Come buy some ice cream. Yeah, come find <laughs> us. We, we'll always be at Cory Avenue on Sundays. Um, and then we'll be doing Madeira on Wednesdays for the end of the season, which is until May. And you can always find our ice cream at the Tides in Safety Harbor and Baked in the Berg, downtown St. Pete. Um, Don't and, forget your puppy ice cream. And puppy ice cream, our newest location now is um, at Puppy Nums on the pier, downtown St. Pete, as well as oh. Booking on 4th Street. And St. Pete. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, so how can people find you online? What's the best way? Uh, Instagram or Facebook, yeah. but Instagram is probably the best way. And it's just churned underscore ice cream. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, you know, like I said, you guys are super passionate and it definitely comes across and thank I've you. had the ice cream. It's amazing. So everyone else, you need to go try it if you haven't. And we just want to thank you for, yeah, for highlighting all these great local businesses. Yeah. We really appreciate what you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like, like we talked about, St. Pete is really special. So we just, we got to keep reminding people how special it is and, and keep it that way. So that's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>